in all of creation, and it was good, 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 God is informing Adam that it is not good that man should be alone. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the author of Why Life Hurts and co-author of Evangelism Made Simple. Hey, this is Jim Scudder. Hope your week is starting off great here on this Monday, October 9th. I'm excited because we're talking today again about how important the Old Testament is, and we're in Genesis. And the part of Genesis that I think is so important, the first chapters, because we can understand creation, the first sin, the story of redemption, the promise of a Messiah, marriage, you know, all of these things are right there. They're foundational. And if we do away with the Old Testament or we're not studying it or we think it's not relevant anymore, then we're missing so much foundational material from God. So the series that we're in here on In Grace is, is the Old Testament obsolete? And today my message is God's plan for your marriage. And we're going to be talking about marriage uh, from the beginning of creation. Jesus said, God made them male and female. Well, that's a whole nother issue these days, right? But talking about marriage, talking about the importance of, you know, the design of marriage. Why did God make it? Why should it be one man, one woman for life as, as God intended? So these are important topics. And I think after you hear what we have to learn today from God's word, it will help you your marriage, or maybe you're not married, uh, maybe you're widowed, divorced, never never married, you know someone that is. And so maybe some of these principles today uh, you can use to help someone else. Uh, right before we get into today's message, I'm thrilled because In Grace has a free bookmark I'd like to send to you. It's the Psalm 23 theme, the Lord is my shepherd. And this is something that I think will help remind you of that and also remind you to pray for us here at In Grace. This is free. Give us a call at 1-800-78-GRACE or go to our website, ingraceradio.com. It seems as if as soon as I upgrade my smartphone, it's old already. It's obsolete. The next one's come out. It's got so many better things features and things, and do you ever feel like you're just behind? You're just really, really behind. But uh, we do have things going obsolete, not just technology, but other things that we've gotten better at or improved at or we thought we have. And I'm going to show you another object that is what I feel is mostly obsolete today. I need a volunteer. Okay, we've got one in the balcony. How quick can you come down here? Start. Yeah. Okay, good. No, no, don't jump. Yeah. <laughs> Take the stairs. He wasn't going to. Oh, he's going to. There we, okay, he's running. And while he's on the way, let me just tell you something. While things are going obsolete in this world, we have something that is really, really old, but will never go obsolete. It's called the Word of God. We believe that this is from God. We believe that it'll never go obsolete. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, and let's say it together in Isaiah 40, verse 8, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Say amen. 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 Now, okay, you ready to unveil? Now I'm going to unveil it, and what I want you to do is tell us what it is. Okay, ready? Okay. Okay, do you know what that is? No idea. 
You literally have no idea what this is. Oh, you obviously can read. So what does it say? A map. It's a map. I know. A paper map <laughs> of Illinois. It looks like we have Illinois in two halves. So there's basically Chicago and the rest of Illinois there. Isn't that neat? Isn't that really cool? It actually kind of is. Now, the, the thing about paper maps, the detail wasn't there for you to get into a city so you could find out where you're going to go. So what you would do, right, is you would pull into a gas station when you got close, and you'd buy the map of that city. You remember doing that? Is this the craziest thing? Who thought of this? Well, I guess that's all there was. Okay, but the best thing about this is this part of it. Fold it up. Fold it. I mean, that was the best part of the map, right? Was trying to figure out a way to get it back the way. See? I mean, look at this. It's, it's the. All right. You just keep working on that. You go on down. Let's give him. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I said it paid, didn't I? You better spend that quick because that cash is going to go obsolete. Good job, Omar. He's going to be all day, trying, and he hands it to my wife. He's not even going to, no, make him fold it. Make him fold it. Are you kidding me? He's looking for someone over 30. How, do you like that, honey? That knows how to fold a map, and she's over 30. Uh, like a year. Uh, no, some, somewhere in there. So anyway, so what we're doing is we're going through some verses in what we call the New Testament, which is the part of the Bible that contains the uh, information of Jesus coming into the world and him leaving and establishing a church and a church age and then on into uh, what the future holds for all of humanity in, in the book of Revelation. That's basically what the New Testament is. But, but since we call it new and we call the Old Testament old, some people think the Old Testament is obsolete. Is it? No. And that's what we're studying in this series. What we're doing is finding a verse in the New Testament, and we're using that as a springboard to go back and find that in the Old Testament. And that happens all the time. Everything in the New Testament is built upon the foundation of the Old Testament. So to me, it is very important that we know all of the Word of God. All of the Word of God. Because the basis of what we know today from the Gospels, from the Epistles... It all goes back to the Old Testament. So let's look at Mark chapter 10. And Jesus said these words. He said in verse 6, From the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Now there's a reason that he is bringing this up. And we're going to cover that at the end. Okay? So we're going to find out what brought this conversation up at the end of my message but here, Jesus is saying that, first of all, we're created, okay, from the beginning of creation. And then also, he's, he's talking about something that we somehow are confused about today, and that is gender. God made them male or female. There, is, there are only two genders. You're one or the other. That happens at birth. And, you know, I don't understand how people are confused other than this is what God said, and this is what God designed, and this is what God made, and they oppose God. 
That's the only thing I can think. If you're confused by this, it's pretty simple, okay? It's just biology. All right, we already talked about that. We're gonna continue on in verse seven. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, there's another male and female, and cleave to his wife. So you have a, a husband, you have a wife, you have a father and mother, all male, female uh, units, right? And we're talking about marriage, right? What is God's plan for marriage? And more particularly, what is God's plan for your marriage? Okay, so that's what we're gonna talk about today. And, and Jesus is talking about that. Go back to Mark 10, verse eight, where it says, they twain, the two, shall be what? One flesh. And then they shall be no more twain, but one flesh. And then verse nine, Jesus, what therefore God hath joined together, Jesus said, let no man put asunder. And this is a phrase we use in our wedding ceremonies here, and this is where I say, you may kiss your bride. Okay, so this is a statement that Jesus made that is based on something we find in the Old Testament. So let's look at that verse. Genesis 2.22, and I'm gonna start into the verse, and this is God, okay? Made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Now, we've already discussed this in a previous message, but we're gonna go into detail about marriage. So God created a woman for his first human creation, Adam, the man. He brings her to him, and Adam says in Genesis 2.23, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Now, I know Adam said this because it says he did, but I believe God is saying she's going to be called woman because she's taken out of man. And then God also said, therefore, and I believe this is what I think is happening. I think there's Adam. He creates Eve. God brings them together and has the first wedding ceremony. And all the women said, ah. Women love weddings. Men love wedding receptions. Amen? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I think God here is officiating a wedding. Therefore, he says, shall a man leave his father and mother? Why would this be God and not Adam? Because Adam didn't have mom and dad, did he? And neither did Eve. But God knew that this would be the pattern. God is instituting something very, very important, very, very sacred. Today, we're seeing the dissolution of marriages, or a lot of people are deciding to not get married at all. Why should people get married? Well, the Bible talks about the reasons for marriage. We're going to get into this in a second. But this is something that God designed and God wants. Not to say every single person will be married, but most, I believe, that's what God wants for you. But God has designed it in a certain way, and we need to know what that way is. We need to know all about it, because Jesus addressed it. He's basing it on uh, creation. Of course, he was part of creation. And it says, man shall leave his father and mother, cleave unto his wife, and they shall become one flesh. 
Step into the captivating world of ancient history and discover the inspiring story of David the Shepherd King. As a token of his gratitude for your amazing support, Jim Scudder Jr. is thrilled to offer you an exclusive, beautifully crafted Psalm 23 bookmark, absolutely free. This elegant keepsake is a symbol of our appreciation for your generosity. And when you give a gift of $35 or more, you'll receive not just one, but five Psalm 23 bookmarks and the engaging DVD series, Discover Hidden Israel 4, all about David, the Shepherd King. When you give a generous gift of $250 or more, you will also receive a limited edition 16 by 20 canvas print portraying David, the Shepherd King. To claim these remarkable gifts, call 800-78-GRACE. Go to ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Again, that's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. Look at Genesis 1.26. And God said, let us, one God, three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. So if we're made in the image of God, and God is triune and perfect fellowship, we were created like him in ways. We already discussed what those ways are. Verse 27 says the same thing. God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now, now let me just back up real quick and, and mention something. Sometimes people are confused by Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Genesis 1 is a lot of detail of creation, the creation weeks, uh, week, the creation days, okay? And then Genesis 2 they, they kind of wonder, well, it seems like they're kind of going back over the same stuff, and it is. Genesis 2 is filling in some of the details of Genesis 1, okay? So that, just so you have that understanding. So God who is triune and God who has this, who is a, a God that is social, right? You, you find fellowship within the Godhead, and if we're made in his image, we're made like God socially, we're made for fellowship. We need this interaction with other humans because we're made in the image of God, and that's how he is. We're made like God in his image mentally, that we are creative people, and you, you like to listen to music, or you like to read, or write, or paint, or whatever it is, build, work. These are things that God has designed in us because that's how he is. And then we're, we're like God morally, and that we all have an innate sense of right and wrong. You know if a man runs up to an older woman on the sidewalk, grabs her purse, and runs away, we all know deep down that that is wrong, right? We do. Why? Because we were made in the image of God with the idea of right and wrong, which is morally. So if we're made in the image of God, God has designed man for companionship, for fellowship. Yes, there's also a command for man to be fruitful and multiply. So we also know that marriage is designed for procreation, okay? That's the obvious thing. You don't have one man and one woman, you don't have a child. I don't care whatever relationship you try to concoct, you need one man and you need one woman. That's God's design. That's God's design. So it is not good for man to be alone and we are made in the image of God and he is a God that requires and has fellowship with 
the Father, Son, and Spirit. And therefore, we, Adam, needed that companionship. Okay? Okay. So, what does God do? Well, God, in, in Genesis 2, fills in some of the details of Genesis 1. It says in 2.19, out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air. Okay? So we're getting a little more detail on day six. Before Adam was created, God formed the animals from the ground. Very similar to the way he formed Adam. Except in Adam, he formed Adam and he gave Adam his breath. Right? So that's why we are spiritual, eternal. Animals are not. I don't care how much you love your dog or cat or fish. Okay? They're not eternal beings. Okay? They said, well, my little, you know, whatever dog you have or cat you have or whatever, your dogs have more of a chance to go to heaven than your cats do for sure. <clears throat> but, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I get more, more letters when I, when I criticize pets. But, but we were made different. And here, I'm going to show you proof of that, okay? So God forms all the beasts of the field, follow the air, out of the ground. He, that's how he formed us, and later he would form Adam. But we see the detail of this, okay? So he's, he's, he's saying it's not good for a man to be alone, and so he brings these creatures in verse 19 of Genesis 2, he brings them unto Adam to see what he would call them. Wow, what a cool thing. Adam gets to name the animals. And by the way, this is an important thing, right? But it's not, why did God have this happen? Why did God have Adam in the garden and he starts to bring the animals by Adam? Why was this? To get the names? No, I think God could have taken care of that. What were some of the names? We don't know, but I'm guessing some of the names we call animals, if they have like the, the literal what, what the animal looks like within their name, if you can go back and do that research. You know, let's say they bring a giraffe in front of Adam. I mean, how do you come up with a name? Long-necked animal. You know, maybe that's how he named the giraffe. Whatever, you know. Um, the cat comes by, animal that purrs, or, you know, it's probably some sort of name that's descriptive, right? Uh, now, some people say, well, how could Adam have named all the animals in a day? Aren't there millions of species? And you know what? We do have a classification called species that there are millions of, okay? But I don't think Adam named all the different species, but you can go down to a, a smaller category, either the genus or the family. And I would equate one of those to the biblical word kind. So all dogs come from one dog kind. All cats from one feline kind, okay? And the original animals that God created had that genetic variety within them, and as they multiplied and the genetics filtered out, they had all sorts of different variations. So how many animals did Adam have to name? Well, remember, it doesn't say sea creatures. It doesn't say insects. It says the land animals and the fowl. So we believe that would be several thousand. How long would it take to name several thousand? If you name them every... Five seconds, you come up with another name. You give Adam five-minute break every hour. Um, it would take four hours, okay? So it's really not that big of a deal. Some people think that's a, a reason you can't trust the Bible. Just kind of do that mental thinking, and it's, it's feasible. It's not a big deal. Why did God do this? Not to get names for the animals. 
So let's see, let's continue with Genesis 2.19. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And again, I bet you if we did some, uh, if we did some investigation into the etymology of some of the animal names that we still use in English, I'm, I'm guessing that that might go back. But we don't know what the original language was. Remember, God scrambled the languages at Babel. So anyways, a very interesting thought. So Adam names all the creatures that come before him. And verse 20, and Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the fowl of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, this is it. This is what I'm zeroing in on. But for Adam, there was not found a helpmeet for him. So the, this exercise wasn't just to get names for the animals. It was to show Adam, God said it's not good for man to be alone. So I'm going to parade all of the creatures that are in some way similar to him. And, and, and I want him to see something. I want him to see that none of these animals are like him. He is different than any other animal. There's no animal that would be a true companion for us mentally, socially, and morally. Okay? So I think that was what God is showing here. That, that the animals aren't the companionship that man needs. They're wonderful, but they're never going to meet the physical, emotional, intellectual, or spiritual companionship needs of Adam. So then we go to verse 21, Genesis 2, and it says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. So he brings Eve to Adam, and then we have this ceremony that we've already discussed. This is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She's called woman. She's taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother shall cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And we're going to stop it right there tomorrow. You definitely want to rejoin us because we're going to be continuing to talk about God's plan for your marriage in our series, Is the Old Testament Obsolete? And we need to know these things. These are foundational. Uh, without understanding Genesis and the Old Testament, we really wouldn't understand a lot of things, including marriage. And so that's why we're studying these things. I also thought it was fun to pull out the old paper map. Uh, I remember as a kid, you know, my parents trying to navigate with maps and, and I did too. You know, more recently have we had GPSs and now smartphones and it's so much nicer, isn't it? Sometimes. But um, just folding that map is a challenge. Uh, right before we go, I'd love to send you a free bookmark. It's the Lord is My Shepherd bookmark, and this is my way of thanking you for listening. If you listen to the radio program or the podcast, contact us today, and I'd like to send you this wonderful, beautiful Psalm 23 bookmark. Uh, we also would love to hear from you if you want to support In Grace. We appreciate that so much because we are listener-supported. And when you give a gift to In Grace, more people hear the gospel. So here's what we're going to do. First of all, if you want the free bookmark, just call and or go to the website and get that. That's totally free. But some of you want to support in grace. So if you do a gift of $35 or more, I'm going to send you five bookmarks and also our series, Discover Hidden Israel 4, which is talking about King David, the shepherd king, filmed all in Israel, all the places that David was 
especially where he was a shepherd boy. And so uh, I'd love to send that series to you, four-part video series called Discover Hidden Israel for King David. Now, some of you can give more generously. If your gift is $250 or more, we're going to send you the video series, the five bookmarks. We're also going to send you a beautiful, large canvas print of The Lord is My Shepherd. It's a shepherd with a sunset with beautiful scenery and uh, a little brook and a bunch of sheep. This is an original piece of art that one of our staff has uh, created, and we want you to hang this on your wall. So contact us by calling our number 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to our website, ingraceradio.com. Don't forget your Psalm 23 bookmark, absolutely free. Also, for $35 or more, get five Psalm 23 bookmarks and the engaging DVD series, Discover Hidden Israel 4, all about David, the Shepherd King. When you generously give $250 or more, you will also receive a limited edition 16 by 20 canvas print. Call 800-78-GRACE. Go to ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace. P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.